Welcome to Interviews. Being an entrepreneur is the toughest job ever. There are no practical guidelines. So I created this podcast to help crack the entrepreneurship code. Join me every week as I invite entrepreneurs to share their stories, the practical tips and lessons they've learned along the way. Don't be the main bottleneck in your business. Subscribe now. Interviews is brought to you by Social Prize, a marketing and communication agency operating remotely since 2005. Social Prize specializes in digital technologies and communication, web development, e-commerce, remote working, coaching, training, growth hacking. Log on their website, socialprize.me. Hi, thank you for listening. My guest today is Dina Butbinder Aron, the founder and president at Education for Sharing, an international nonprofit organization that uses the power of play to form better global citizens. Dina defines herself as a social entrepreneur, and that's why she's on my podcast. Social or not, an entrepreneur is an entrepreneur. Bam, that's an intro. How are you, Dina? Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Lauren. It's a pleasure to be here with you and with your audience. Great. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Sure. So I am originally Mexican, born mm -hmm. and bred, and I moved to the U.S. about seven years ago. Um, but I guess something important about my journey is my, my grandparents. My grandparents escaped from Europe, uh, from Ukraine and Poland. So, so it was not obvious that I would be born in a country like Mexico. And right. It has been really a, a privilege uh, to be surrounded by so many colors and smells and people from, from all walks of life, uh, a country that, that, that I define as, as the country of all colors. So, so this, this has been a, a huge inspiration for me. The, the journey that my grandparents took to escape from discrimination and also growing up in a country like Mexico and going to school in a rather traditional school also informed me that that it's not necessarily the most fun for, for kids in general to have the education that most of us know. And so that has inspired me greatly to, to search for, for a different kind of education, one where no one has to escape from where they are because of who they are. Mm. And two, one where actually you are enjoying what you're learning and you are ever more curious about everything that surrounds you and and sparks the, the the critical thinking about mysteries or or things that you don't understand but you want to and you learn how to discover to do that in teams and while having fun and enjoying uh, the your discovery path so that's in a nutshell my my journey, I would say. Wow. And so I, I feel that your own education 
has influenced a lot what you do today, right? So tell us a little bit about education for, for sharing, because I'm really interested in what is a global citizen and how the power of play can form better global citizens. Well, that's an excellent question. So that's an excellent question because we usually have different perspectives on, on what a citizen is, and then we have different perspectives on what a global citizen is. And in our philosophy in education for sharing, a global citizen is really about many things, but I would point out two. One is the notion of, of celebration, celebration mm. for diversity. We are all diverse. There's no one person in, in, on this planet that's not diverse in some way or another, or in many. And so that's one is celebrating who you are, where you come from, and also being curious about who others are and enjoying and celebrating that, that possibility that really is, is, a, is a given, but we don't yet have the notion of, of how, how grand that, that is for our lives. And so mm. that is one. And the other one is with that diversity, how can you think of yourself as a, as a force for, for positive change in your community and from your community to the world? So how do you perceive yourself as an agent of change? And how do you do that? teaming up with other agents of change that you have around. So those are the, the two basic notions that I would like to highlight when we are talking about global citizenship in education for sharing. And of course, I mean, there's a, there are several uh, attitudes and skills that are very much needed to nurture that global citizen. And so that's where play comes in. Right. So the power of play really is, is the, the possibility to have experiences where you are fully present, which play gives you and, and play creates. And it also gives you the possibility to not talk about values because we usually love to preach about values, right? We hear mm -hmm. a lot about values and how important they are. Yes, of course, I mean, respect, tolerance, Team, teamwork, responsibility, yes, fair play, of course. However, there is a huge, a huge gap, I would say, between what we say and then how do we bring these values to life? So this is, again, where play comes in. And these values are, are just like the, the, perhaps the main ingredients of of being able to, to, to explore and to walk the path of, of a global citizen. So if you don't respect others, how can you, how can you really be celebrating the, their diversity? And how can you include that as a plus and not as a minus, et cetera? So when we play, these values come to life. And there's also the, the very critical aspect of social emotional learning that comes mm. into play. And, and these are not abstract things that we talk about, right? 
these are when when you get to understand what are your emotions and what do you do with them and identify the effect that what you do with your emotions has have on others this is really key and this is something that just displays in a beautiful and very tangible way when we play well immediately i'm thinking entrepreneurs leaders there's a lot of lessons here that entrepreneurs who are leaders could could learn from what you just uh, said thank you lauren well yes interestingly inter interestingly enough this is mostly thought for kids like when you mm. think about play most most adults will think immediately like they're the next word is children or kids or so so very very interestingly we play mainly with adults that work with kids mm -hmm. or just with adults that are right so we work with schools and the education systems but we also work with companies with businesses with governments with academics and it's fascinating to see what happens when we adults who think play is not for us play. Mm -hmm. What sort of work do you do with uh, companies? So, for example, we have several avenues to work with companies. We uh, we make tailor-made projects for companies depending on their on on their interest or their strategies um we work a lot in their csr arms so we mm. we will work with for example their collaborators as volunteers we make special projects for them to get involved with the community in a meaningful way um we we sort of go go away from painting a wall but but really interacting with people and get to know people in a in a in the same level of of the playing field so that we are actually interacting and learning from one another um we design projects for the schools around a factory or a or a car company or whichever the industry is and and we roll out those projects and people in the in the companies the collaborators get to really understand the impact that their brand is doing but also by by participating firsthand so that's that's really powerful in my introduction i said you are a social entrepreneur well you define yourself as a social entrepreneur yes. so what is a social entrepreneur for you well for me a social entrepreneur has to do with bringing an innovative way to solve a problem mm -hmm. and a problem that's basically uh, affects directly people so so in 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 my mind the education system lacks a lot of um of, of different elements and, and that brings a lot of different uh, problems and challenges. Many, many, I would say most of the sustainable development goals are 
I, I guess the con the consequence of of those problems, and in one word, uh, you could say inequality mm -hmm. that has many faces. Um, so so a social entrepreneur is someone that is really connected with something bigger than him or herself, and that is willing to to take the to to go completely out of of his or her way to to address uh, a social issue that may have multiple facets, um, like like the, the the problems we face in in education, but that are of course just mirroring a lot of other social uh, ecological problems that we have in our in our world and. And I guess that that brings us to the to the next question question of what's what's innovation, no? How how is it that you would bring an innovative solution? Sure. And I, I honestly think it's not a quantum computational chemistry. It's just bringing things that or elements that are known, but to put them together in a way that it that is new, mm -hmm. and that brings about a a different notion of of how we might solve that problem. As a social entrepreneur, you chose the non-profit path, but you could have done the same thing within the, the, the profit uh, sector or industry. Yes. So why the non-profit? Yeah, that's another great question. So to be fair, I, I never heard the term social entrepreneur mm -hmm when I became one. Um, so it wasn't a popular concept like it is nowadays, which I'm very glad for. Um, so it was just more of a pursuit that I, that I had and I, that I allowed myself to, to, to explore and to develop fully. Um, but I, I just wasn't aware, with, aware about the, the for-profit, the non-profit, Mm -hmm. um, possibilities, the hybrid. So, so I just started with with the nonprofit, um, and and with like throughout the years. Now we've been fourteen years uh, together with my team, forming better global citizens, and we have two figures uh, in in Mexico. We have a, a nonprofit and we have a for profit. Right. So some some companies, for example, that we collaborate with. Uh, have preferred to work with the with the for profit um, for for uh, tax reasons etc. And we have other non profits that are with charitable status in in other countries like in the US. We have a five hundred one c three, and I think it speaks mostly about a philosophy. Mm -hmm. So. I'm happy to to continue with the non non for profits, but also to have the for profits to explore other arms of of sustainable um, of of a sustainable way to to continue. Because with a crisis like COVID, for example, you might need more than a, a non profit. You might mm -hmm. need to have a very solid installed channels of uh, of, of profit that can sustain an activity that we, with the same mission. It's not to, to create 
revenue, but, but really to reinvest it and to be able to continue supporting communities around the world. How has um, entrepreneurship impacted you personally? What have you learned about yourself? Well, I think it's, it's taught me deep lessons about, about myself, mm -hmm. about anywhere from my own shortfalls and given me inspiration to conquer them. I'm still on it, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it has also uh, shown me that, that it's, it's okay to, to, to sometimes uh, feel on your, on your highest and sometimes feel on your lowest and, and that you can get up get back up from your lowest you know that that sometimes when when everything seems like I, I will I will say like a very big word like like when it seems like it's over it's really mm. not and when you are in the in the top of a mountain another mountain begins so so that that's that's I guess uh, one of of the things that I've appreciated most like This, this will this will that you find that is bigger than you well because it's not for you it's for it's for a higher purpose it's for the people that you love that you work with and that you are that you have met that you know and that you will meet and and yes I mean I've fallen in love with people over and over and over again and I will continue and that's what That's what really moves me. And I think it's a gift to find what really moves you, what makes you feel awake and connected and present. And, and that's, that's what I've learned. Like I've learned that and I've, I'm just uh, truly very grateful for, for the possibility to, to have a, this, this purpose in, in life and to know it from from when I was 24. That is when, when I started with, with a very good friend. Mm, ha, one of my favorite topics, purpose. <laughs> yeah. A lot of entrepreneurs like yourself, social entrepreneurs or not, they, 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 talk about, they talk about the importance of having this drive, having the purpose. And you, again, you talk about it. How did you find it? Well, I will tell you one thing. I did not have an aha moment, which mm. is, a, a, I, I, guess, I guess it's a myth at least for me, um, some people, many people do have their aha moments. I, I didn't have I did. one. You did? Yeah. So, so yeah, I think that's, that's something that I, I would like to stress for those who, who don't necessarily have an aha moment and that I want to say it's okay not to have an, one aha yeah. moment. Maybe you have several aha moments that build up And become really the that give you clarity of, of what you want to do. Sometimes you stumble upon your 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 purpose. And the more you get out there and you try different experiences that can inform you of, of ways that, that really move your deepest fibers, I think you're closer to, to finding your purpose. I found my purpose through several aha moments, anywhere from as I shared before, growing up in, in a family that 
originally escaped uh, from discrimination to growing up in a beautiful, amazing country with lots of contrasts and lots of challenges as well in a school that wasn't necessarily the most innova innovative or, mm. or, or super fun, etc. Um, to really finding myself really connected when I went to something similar to the Scouts. Um, I went to a Jewish movement uh, for young people where I was a, a camper at first, and then I was a counselor. Mm -hmm. And there I really, really felt the beginning of this purpose, but, but didn't realize it completely. And then when I started doing this, this work, I, I realized that, that a lot comes from there. So, so it's built up aha moments that are meaningful and that make you feel alive, that make you feel like you're walking towards a better version of yourself. Okay, now that, now that you're putting it that way, actually, <laughs> when I think about my haha moments, yes. it was more a haha moment uh, about all the haha moments that I had before. And I just ah. realized, I just realized that. Ole. Yes. I'm so happy. I was thinking <laughs> your, your moment. I was I was thinking about you know when is it that what is it that I enjoyed doing the the, the most, and I, yes. then I realized that it was when I was training people, mentoring them, mentoring them, you know, giving advice, helping people, and then one morning I woke up and I was like, damn, that's it. <laughs> that was the aha moment. <laughs> Sorry. You had an epiphany. Yes, yes, I had an epiphany. Yeah, indeed. You mentioned you mentioned the, the the myth of the purpose. Are there other myths that you want to talk about? Yes, I mean, there is there is the the so called uh, find your passion. No, before like very connected to purpose because of course your purpose is is your passion. Mm -hmm. But another way to say it is what what makes you feel passionate and then some many young people that i've uh, that i've spoken with share in a in a shy way that almost almost apologetically that they don't know what their passion is and they feel guilty about mm. not knowing what their passion is and i i think it's uh, if we look at this in a in a different light it's about Again, putting yourself out there in the world and trying new things and trying experiences that where, where you can feel and see and listen and try other, other things and also see through others' eyes and be inspired with other kinds of people and that you are not necessarily surrounded by every day. And so I think that's where that's that's a more probable way of, of finding your passion and your purpose than if you if you stay in your comfort zone so so that's that's i think a a myth that is very very commonly used is like yeah go and, and find your passion and then you you will live a happy life yes but then that can create a lot of anxiety you know if, if you don't know how to find your passion and what makes mm -hmm. you happy what makes you tick so, so that's, I think, something very, very, very important to, to work together with, especially young people, but 
young people of all ages, I would say. <laughs> you started your organization 14 years ago. It's a long, it's a long time. Uh, you uh, open up in uh, several countries. What are some of the lessons you, you can share with us? Well, I mean, this is the perhaps not orthodox at all. I didn't have a plan. It wasn't like 14 years ago, okay. I said, this is my plan. And, and in 14 years, I want to be here. Of course, we've, we've made plans over mm -hmm. the years. We do have strategic plans, etc. But this wasn't the first thing we did. Mm. The first thing we did, my friend and I, when we started 14 years ago, was to actually live, experience what we wanted to do, which is like, unfold this methodology, experience it with, with people from very different walks of life in the mountains of the north of Mexico with the Raramuris, the indigenous uh, group, and also with a private school in the middle of Mexico City and with a public school in the southeast of, in the coast of Mexico. And, and that is really what, what informed us to want to, to make plans, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I have learned is you don't need to plan so much in, at least in the very beginning, you have to, again, go out there and put yourself out there and try. And I, I, I always say that everything is about starting. So how are you gonna start if you keep planning and planning and planning and, and you can plan forever, right? But then, Wait, yes. but then, I mean, and of course, there's a time to plan. Um, and, and honestly, I think also plans help you to improvise better. That I've mm -hmm. learned with time. Um, I've learned that, you know, it's funny because many people say uh, one size doesn't fit all. And, and it's funny because with the education for sharing methodology, I do think it really is a human way to, to approach us as, mm -hmm. as people, whoever we are, wherever we are, because we use play and we invite people to come up with their own uh, thoughts and conclusions and, and findings about what they experience in play. And then we ask, okay, so what can you do about these global challenges, also known as the Sustainable Development Goals. And we have found that it doesn't matter if you're in, in a public school in Argentina, in, in Buenos Aires, or in, the, in Perito Moreno in the south, in the southest tip of, of Argentina, or if you're in Washington, D.C., in a public school, or if you're in Invercargill in New Zealand, Aotearoa, uh, it, it really doesn't matter that we are in different places because we want to, we want to play and we mm -hmm. feel happy and connected when we play and we learn when we play. And the, the other aspect that is super important and to take notice is the adaptations you make so that it's culturally relevant. So it's not one or the other, it's both. It's, there are things that speak to us as human beings and that mean a lot as human beings. 
And then there is taking in consideration the different uh, cultural codes and the languages and how to navigate the different systems and to take into account uh, really how, what, what is uh, perceived in one place and one perceived in another one. But I guess those, those two things have been really interesting as we expand in other geographies and as we partner with other institutions around the world to, to make an education for sharing possible for all. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you would have done differently? Yes, I mean, many things. Perhaps I, I, would, I would have taken the evaluation piece uh, more in, in a more strategic way in the very beginning, in the sense that um, we, we have been evaluating ever since day one. However, it, was, it wasn't, uh, again, uh, that, that's one of the short falls of not planning. So everything has mm -hmm. their different phases, right? So, or, or perspectives. So for example, one of the things that I would that I would have loved is to keep track in, in, an evaluation, in an evaluation form of all the beneficiaries. So we have, we have kept track, but just by mere relationship with, with many of the beneficiaries, but not with all. And I think that would have been really just fascinating to have uh, a more solid track of all the beneficiaries. We have worked before the pandemic with 1.3 million people from all walks of life in a very diverse uh, way. And after the pandemic, we've worked with 4 million people because we digitalized mm. a lot of our, our programming. And so, so that, that is particularly one that I would have loved to, to plan in a different way and to have the, that notion. But it, I think it's never too late. So you can always, we are not going anywhere. We're just continuing. I was about, I was about to say. Like you said, there's time for planning and there's time for execu executing. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and you know, when I say that I'm happy we didn't plan, plan, plan in the very beginning and that we try, 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 um, that doesn't mean that, that you don't have to plan. No, in, in fact, we, we have had strategic plans for, for 10 of the 14 years now, mm. and we are, we're jumping in our next strategic planning uh, in, the, in the next couple of weeks for, for 2030. So, so very much, a very much needed uh, thing to do. But don't forget to, to act, especially when you're starting. Would that be the one recommendation you give to uh, entrepreneurs? To, to beginner entrepreneurs, to uh, rookie entrepreneurs, yes, I would say, you know, to have a, a true sense of what is, what is it that drives you mm. to be genuine in your heart, because then you will find answers and you will you will know how to find them and you will not uh, rest until you do. Mm. Um, to do this in a team, 
because, well, at least in my experience, I've never done this alone. I would have never want to do this alone. I've always had the most extraordinary people uh, to, to climb this mountain with and to dream together and to, to take it to, to reality together. That's the second one. And the third one is, is yes, I mean, to, to make sure that, that, that you, you plan ahead um, as, you're, as, as you have found what is truly what moves you. And once you have a team to, to plan together. Mm. So these are your recommendations for junior entrepreneurs. What about your recommendations for more experienced entrepreneurs? Don't stop questioning. Okay. Don't stop questioning. Don't stop uh, questioning everything. No, your your own model. Your we we all have um, blind spots or biases, and and so that that goes with. Don't stop questioning. Don't stop working on your on your shortfalls on 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 whatever it is that that you can gain from uh, feedback from, from people around you is, is really, really uh, pure gold. Um, and it's what, what will make you feel like a, like a better leader. If you're truly listening and interested, intentionally listening to what people feel, think, to integrate their, their ideas and to make a, the dream together. It's not only your dream it's the team's dream right one nice question how can people contact you yes please so we are in all the social media accounts education for sharing we have a, a beautiful website educationforsharing.org um, my twitter account is dina.butchbinder and Yes, you can find us really everywhere. I, I very much recommend that you go on and see the hundreds of YouTube videos that we have uploaded from so many experiences and voices from, from the people that we love. Amazing. Thank you very much for your time, uh, Dina, today. Thank you, Laurent. And thank you all for listening and looking forward to hearing from you. Indeed. And like Dina said, thank you all for listening. Follow me on LinkedIn and Instagram for extra tips and knowledge about entrepreneurship. See you next time. Bye-bye.